The next chapter will be called The Subordinate. Two years had passed since my discharge and I still felt trapped in my own fear of integrating because the price was too much to deal with. When looking back at my career in the service, I never recalled being insubordinate toward my superiors, but I never took too much to bossy bosses. Pushing the limits of power, I protested if I felt that I could get away with it. I was made to perform senseless tasks that felt repetitive and wondrous. I cleaned toilets, was made to stay out in sub-degree freezing cold weather training. My toes and fingers were nearly frostbitten as the snow covered and stuck to me like icicles. I accepted following rigid orders, but I got no satisfaction from being in the service. While at basic training, a black male drill sergeant outed me in front of his entire platoon because he did not like the way that I was running with my M16. This same drill sergeant found every excuse to stop me and lecture me on how to conduct myself as a soldier, which basically meant I was not behaving man enough for his taste and it was my nature that bothered him the most. He would make me low crawl in the mud with my weapon strapped behind my back and threatened to push, uh, threatened to punish me if, even further if I allowed my weapon to drag in the dirt. I went through all of that for the simplest mistake made while learning how to be a soldier. The abuse nearly broke my spirit, but I never talked back to him despite him trying to make me uh, give up and say the hell with the army. The leaders in the companies I was assigned to often looked down on my potentials, casting me to the back of the formation so I would not have to represent the unit. While stationed in Germany, my first sergeant never spoke to me until he found out that I was going to the sergeant's promotion board. Then he pulled me aside and told me that he didn't think that I was ready to be a non-commissioned officer. That was the first and the last thing that he had said to me in all of the two years that I was in his unit. The environment was constantly hostile and provoked by unchecked emotions when unstable soldiers wanted to inject their nonsense into the atmosphere. I maintained my, uh, I maintained my offensive stance for years, drowning my hostilities in gay bathhouses and bars. I did not realize that the alcohol was slowly taking possession of my mind. All that pent-up aggression became unleashed as soon as I got out. I channeled those hostilities towards certain groups that did me wrong while in the military. I never had issues with other races of people in my life before joining the military and my feelings became increasingly worse before leaving. I found myself having an aversion and dislike for Latin people and despite white and blacks alike. I could not stand to be around any race of people because they all played a hand in making my life miserable. All this dislike forced me to stay to myself, getting used to my isolation, isolating existence. And by the end of my career, I began to despise the very presence of every soldier that stood in the same rank as me. I found no solace in any of those empty vessels. My former supervisors lied on me often, saying that I was argumentative only to get me in trouble. But it was only a jab at my character and nothing would come of the lies told on me. At my first duty station, my squad leader told me that I had an attitude like an angry black woman. <laughs> and another sergeant made fun of my walk and found every opportune time to point it out whenever he was around a group of troops. I would feel the nervous chuckles behind me, but I tried to let it go and not bother me. I never felt comfortable in my uniform. I never felt a part of the team. I never felt belonged. Another first sergeant from another company treated me like a cancer and indifferently and I was ridiculed and forced to work with rude and disrespectful black women who talked down to me in front of other soldiers. One black female unleashed a fury of rage at me because I was unhappy the way she communicated with me in the office. I never felt valued, never felt appreciated, never felt human. 
I constantly disagree with my coworkers. I experienced racism from the most deplorable trailer trash. It was always hostile and an uncompromising environment for me. Soldiers would often bypass my authority and go around me to one of my subordinates when something needed to get done, all to diminish my authority and to disrespect my rank. I was always in a state of resentment about my perceived injustice, but held it all in, uh, only to let it out on one of my sexual encounters. On the weekend that I would troll, on the weekends I would troll from house to house in an endless attempt to fill myself with anything other than the feeling of anger for being in the army. The feeling of imprisonment by contractual obligation felt like a life sentence, and now I know what prisoners feel like on death row, being made to feel like a caged bird that lost its song and its wings. I felt the army feeling no sense of value working against the forces of constructed forces that sought to destroy me. I still cry when I think about it all. It did not seem like a mutual exchange for service to have to go through so much retarded madness. I never signed up to subject myself to something that I could not feel passionate about, knowing all too well where it would lead, only to more unhappiness. I never wanted to run toward the bottle and drown my pain when someone pissed me off. I knew that I was not healed from my active duty experience because I chose not to deal with my emotions while serving. It may seem frivolous to some, considering I did not experience direct combat, but my combat did not come in the form of bullets, but in, in words and snares. I never wanted to allow someone to make me feel less than ever again. I never wanted to be used for my utilitarian purpose that did not bring me personal satisfaction, allowing me to grow only working idly to satisfy a mission that is dubious as the surge into the war. I did, I did a lot of deplorable things to myself to feel normal. I allowed the demons to move in, and they stayed. The trouble was getting them out, one demon at a time. I needed a way to purge them out. It was not easy admitting demons lived on the inside of me. I sometimes feel that they are hanging around in the peripheral of my life, waiting on me to make a mistake. I can control them at times, other times not. But I know they are there. I was told by a tarot reader that someone had put a curse on me by wishing bad on my life. It could have been any of any one of those soldiers that did not like me, like that African soldier that accused me of touching his shoulder. You know, the Muslim one. I needed to find a way to move forward by reconciling my past that neither served my future but only served to taunt me till I am made to bend to its reckless authority. God has shown mercy on me. I would eventually move on from that experience, thankful that I survived it. I was stronger than I was before entering, more powerful than I was before raising my hand to swear an oath to serve and to defend the U.S. I was grateful to be an American. I was grateful to, be, to serve my country. I know my rights are not taken for granted because I could, it could have been worse. In the military, my need for freedom became more difficult once I made sergeant. Then the prospect of moving up the ladder did not seem worth the effort, and I would only have to deal with more responsibilities. This made the four, last four years of my career miserable and inflexible. I thank God that he spared me the problem of dealing with a DUI because I drank and drove every weekend. I cannot wait for the weekend where I would drive the two hours to Rochester from Fort Drum, getting online, jumping on, on man's house to the next Having, having sex till I was so exhausted I had to pull over on the side of the highway to nap in order to make it back home after a night of boozing or cruising into gay saunas looking for another escape. 
I began to lose interest in adult human connections and only desired an occasional smile from a child. I tried thinking of a period in my life where I had felt blissful, and my thoughts went back to when I was deployed to Afghanistan. I remember waking up each day feeling genuinely happy and full of vitality. I was alcohol-free, going to the gym six days a week, eating properly, being socially active, and I smiled and laughed a lot more. But 10 years have passed since that time, and I have not been the same since. I was prescribed a low dose of antipsychotic medication, Seroquel, while deployed to help me sleep. Possibly would have had a, possibly has had effects of possibly the effects of the medication enabled restructuring of the damage done to my neural pathways from all the alcohol that I had consumed. In a way, deployment slowed down the process of my brain becoming addicted and by being in the army prevented me from picking up marijuana sooner. So being a, being a soldier shielded me a lot of my addictive behavior. Had I joined the military, I would have possibly been in a different situation, addicted to something far more worse than alcohol and I know that my line would have been lost a long time ago. I believe I drank more alcohol in those three years between 2010 and 2013 than I had drank my entire military career. I do not know if it was stress or the fact that I drank with a vengeance after returning from Afghanistan, but something changed around 2011. I started back on the Seroquel to help with my psychi- psychi- what my psychiatrist called a mood disorder. But I discontinued use after a couple of months when I felt my mood was back to normal. While in Germany, I lived with no control, with no barriers. My personal life was completely unchecked and this became a problem. In the book, The Human Side of Human Beings, Harvey Jenkins offers empirical research based on accounts of people suffering from PTSD and other dysphoric disorders that include feeling of uneasiness, unhappiness, and being overall distressed, anxious, irritable, and emotionally unwell. I was experiencing these symptoms, but since I slowed down my drinking, the tension was slowly leaving my body. The obsessive thoughts left my mind for a while, freeing my senses, which made me feel exhilarated. I don't know if it was being constantly irritated by the stupidity of military life or the constant feeling of not progressing and the inadequate feeling of that that gives birth to my dejected mood. But the last year of my career was the hardest year of that entire eight years. Not a day went by where I wasn't reminded how much I hated my life and my soul felt it. I walked into work every day with my head hanging low, never smiling, always frowning. Nothing could brighten my day. I became a workaholic, working 12-hour days to distract me, to numb the pain of feeling disappointed, and this would be the result of all the years I served in my country. I did not receive an award from my unit for the hard work that I did. But I did not care, and it would have not meant anything anyways. I was completely bitter, depressed, angry, and out of control in my personal life. All of this formed the disease of discontent, creating this hostile aversion toward life, people, my impressions, and perceptions about myself. I was having to work with abject, toxic, and combative soldiers that affected my moods. People who did not grow up with a silver spoon in their mouth, so they acted as if they deserved it in the military even though the country recycled them like rucksacks. I never took on the ways of soldiers and tried at all costs to keep a protective bubble around me to keep me from being infected by the culture, but I was already saturated in it before I realized it was too late. I would only allow myself to think of the good times and had wild traveling around the world, but I would not face what I was traveling away from. 
I would not allow myself to recognize that it was the sacrifice that served my country that has me so restless. Or did I admit to myself that I hated the fact that no one affirmed me or helped me to develop my leadership abilities that touched a deeply rooted fear of not feeling validated that I resented the army life for? I substituted my rage for booze, sex, travel, shopping, and drowned my worries. I deployed I, my deployment exposed me to elements inundated with death, confusion, despair, instability, uncertainty, hypervigilance, and interrogative motives, traits I did not have before going. The fact that I did not see, see death does not negate the emotional and psychological toil spending every waking day not knowing if I will wake up from my sleep. I slept with my rifle next to me. I had to, I had to nevertheless live in this threatening space, and after a while, I started to be shaped by the environment. Though I was preoccupied, I preoccupied myself by being relatively chirpy, and most of the, most of the time, all smiles. I was hiding the fact that Afghanistan made me miserable and bitter, and it was slowly coming back to me how bizarre life truly is in times of war. Now, life wanted me to face how that experience made me feel whereby I become to terms with what can bring me back to wholeness. After returning from my deployment, the drinking picked up again and it, out, and it got out of control when I arrived at my next duty station in Germany. Drinking was glorified in Germany and the police I were lenient on American drivers, so I got away with most of my mischief most of the time. Being in a foreign country offered me the perfect escape away from dealing with the pain of what war did to my soul. Doing therapy, I avoided dealing with how that army made me feel about myself. I never talked about how that experience ripped an innocence out of me that I was now only beginning to recognize after years of not allowing myself to stop for a moment to reflect on the destructive path that I was leading. This loss of innocence and growing pain started in my youth, and the frailty of life slowly chewed at me. God was commissioning me to finally live, uh, live when he allowed me to leave the army. Was I wrong for not learning my lesson earlier in my career when obstacles were coming at me like tidal waves, suffocating my lungs, throwing me off my surfboard whenever I regained proper footing back on the board? I do not know why God decided to reveal life to me when he did, but I am grateful that he has or else I would still be lost out at sea. Now that I have no choice but to go back to the trenches of life's lessons, though God allowed me to steer the wheel of my life, he was the manufacturer of the vehicle. God let me manage the lot, that in which I was never qualified to operate. But if I recognize that the design is for a cause and the assignment given to me comes from the same manufacturing company, God won't let me fail. What looked like a recall of my failures was life not yet revealed and the new model was in shipment. Thank you so much. That is the final of that chapter. And I want you guys to have a wonderful and blessed day. Stay positive. Always think happy thoughts. And don't let the distractors and the low energy, annoying, nuisance people, and they out there existing. Uh, mentally, you cannot wrap your head around it. Intellectually, it's just a low vibrational energy that is very peculiar in nature. And a lot of people are possessed by this energy. So they will do certain uh, annoying uh, behaviors to throw you off and to distract you and try to uh, basically hijack your mind and make you think about what they're doing because they're so insecure. They need so much attention. Recognize these energies and just see them as energies. And if you can allow yourself space between you and the obstacle, 
no matter what it is and give yourself some time to breathe and count and think objectively about the situation and you can bring yourself to a rational state of mind to be able to walk away uh, and somehow it just makes it okay and you become the bigger person and you become victorious and then you become master and magician of your own life isn't that wonderful guys that you can be a magician of your own life <laughs> great amazing I'll see you in the next segment. Born Boyage.